what's up guys and welcome back to another episode of the first offense audio installment so second year at the indie roval um overall i there was it was kind of annoying all the different strategies with the stage breaks and everything but at the end it turned out to be a great race um even though it was complete chaos and guys were getting used up and i know it's not going to be popular that elliot got wrecked i thought among all that insanity in turn one elliot or um reddick and chastain broke out and had a great battle for the lead even though chastain wasn't supposed to be there it was still really fun to watch you got like the craziness of turn one and drivers retaliating and guys backwards and then grass but you also got a great battle for the lead at the end which i really liked so we got a ton of stuff to talk about um i'll talk about the race i'll go over the standings real quick but it's kind of at a point in this um the season where elliot's got a huge lead so there's nothing really exciting going on i'll just mention the significant stuff that kind of everyone needs to know that matters but there's so much to talk about with the race that I want to just get right into it so let's get into it one more thing before we start talking about the race um there was so much stuff happening that just kind of bear with me when i'm talking about it all if i'm like all over the place i just there's there was so much going on that i can't even keep track of it all so i'm just gonna i wrote everything down that i want to talk about and i'm pretty much just gonna go with it so first thing i want to i'll talk about is just the ending with turn one how crazy it was so first of all on the first restart Logano I want to say he took guys five wide and he basically jumped the curb and when he did that he he caused a chain reaction and took out I don't know three drivers I'm gonna watch the replay right now as I do it so that's what kind of and while that was happening, Elliot actually got taken out, who looked really strong. I thought he was going to have a great shot. And the only driver who survived was Reddick, but he just had to dive down and get a really good turn one. And that's what got him out in front and kind of out of wrecks, too. Kyle Busch was in the grass. Byron was in the grass. Elliot, Briscoe. I don't It was just completely insane. Um... I said, I was talking to someone during the race, and I said, if I'm a crew chief, I'm taking track position over anything, tires, anything. I'm, I want, I would want track position no matter what, because turn one is literally just, you. I mean, the only guys turning are the guys on the inside and the outside. If I'm in the middle, I'm just keeping my foot to the floor and just letting people turn me, because that's what was happening anyways. No, everyone was touching. It was like everyone just jamming through like there was walls on either side i get why i mean i know some drivers are like bombing in there and causing it but it's just set up for it to be like that if you could put anybody out there and that would happen no it's just because when it's that late in the race and there's five guys lined up how are you not going to go six wide with the opportunity to make five passes in one turn it's impossible no matter what the race the drivers are just they're gonna do it even if they get out of the car after and say no one races with respect or whatever like you it's just impossible for them and then 
Chastain in the second restart. Chastain just dropped a gear and disappeared in the, <laughs> out of the camera angle and use the access road and then <laughs> go pulls up he sees the field coming i mean he literally had enough time to stop and it was like he was at a yield sign when you're merging onto the highway you see all the cars coming and you <laughs> pick your spot he goes in right behind the leader next thing you know he's racing for the lead and i didn't even know he was supposed to get penalized i think i saw him go off course and i didn't think anything of it and then i'm like looking back to in the field to see like what's going on and i see blaney backwards or whatever and then i look up and chastain's racing reddick i'm like how how is he racing how is he up here racing for the lead i swear he just went off the course and it took them over a lap to realize that he wasn't even supposed to be racing for the lead so which i mean i i they were both just pushing their cars to the absolute limit completely loose sideways and just it was a great it was a great battle no matter if um chastain was supposed to be there or not i really thought almondinger had another chance at winning um he got used up in the second restart so the last one and he was all dehydrated and he like nearly passed out after the race so it was a rough race for him. I mean, he was on the front row. He just, I clearly Reddick had the advantage because he was on the inside, and it wasn't just like because it's a right hander. It's because he could break in and clear the whole field. So then it would be make it really hard for him to get wrecked. And then they just took Almendinger two or three wide, and then just used him up. Just pushed him right off the track, and then Blaney got caught in it. It just Blaney ended up taking out Suarez. I don't even know if it was under caution or if it was during the race. I think it might have been like under caution he spun him out. And then Suarez got into a fight with Dale, Dale Jarrett on Twitter. He said, um, he said, I think I think you should take a good look at this replay before insinuating on TV that I ruined Blaney's race. Clearly half the field can't drive on a road course. I just, what turn is like this? I don't even know. I mean, we didn't see this at Sonoma because it's just set up where there's no turn where you're you're making like a 90 degree angle and you have the opportunity to go four or five wide. The ro turn, is it turn one at the Roval where the DeWalt wall is? It's kind of like that, but it's, it's like because it's all open and there's grass the drivers like race even more aggressive because they know they can just go in the grass so they just use drivers up more because it doesn't mean they're gonna wreck their car i don't even know i i think nascar is gonna look at this and think it was entertaining and they're not gonna put this back on the oval i would love to see them just race on both tracks if if anything i i just it's it's indie. I think we have to race on the oval, but this was good too, as chaotic as it was. I just watched a video of Chastain going into the access road. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He literally is so far ahead of the field that he stops and just waits for Reddick to pass and then just files in right behind him. It's exactly what Briscoe did. I don't know if Briscoe advanced cars though that's the thing i think chastain restarted fourth and came out second and he was like fifth 
yeah, he's he's four wide with the second, third, and fourth place car, and he comes out right behind Reddick. He avoided an entire turn, which was also where all the chaos was. That it's it was physically impossible for you to get through that turn without either being used up or just stopping. Uh, it's also a great spot to make passes because half the field was spun. I was surprised we didn't see another restart. Some of the aftermath of the chaos is Elliott's 1-2 streak ending. He finished 16th, worst finish for him in a while, but I mean, he ran good. He just, his crew chief kind of um, had a different strategy, and Elliott was really fast. He was able to pass cars in traffic. I don't know if he was the best car, but he was running good enough to run in the top two, so he did have a chance, so it's not like he ran bad, but one thing is Bowman and Byron have just completely struggled lately. Um, Bowman has eight straight finishes outside the top 10, and this is another DNF. He's had a few over the past few weeks. Then William Byron, his best finish is ninth in 13 races, and he finished, let me check, he finished 31st, Bowman 32nd, so his best finish is 9th in 14 races now. Harvick, just involved in tons of stuff all day, finished 33rd, Larson 35th, just horrible hit for him. I'll we'll talk about that later. Blaney all the way back in 26th, Chastain 27th, just these guys were all up front. Uh, Ty Gibbs, decent run for him considering he finished 17th. I'm sure kind of the chaos at the end helped him a little bit. Kyle Busch restarted 27th with two to go, and he finished 11th. Um, Logano finished 6th, wrecked the whole field, and just people let him get away with it and let him finish 6th. And then Reddick, another win. If I'm any of the drivers and, I'm, and I feel like I got wrecked or something, and I go home and watch this race or whatever, I honestly think the only driver that did something really bad was Logano when he just <laughs> took everyone wide. And he, he missed the turn so bad, I'm, I'm pretty sure he completely jumped the turn, the curb. So it's not even like he tried to make the um, turn. He, he just purposely did that to <laughs> try... It was, it was definitely the worst move out of anyone, but that's that's the only person that I think was like really did something wrong. If anybody deserves to be wrecked because of retaliation, I would just go out and just wreck the pace car because NASCAR is the one who designed this track and it's just made to do this. Turn one is just set up for chaos and there's nothing you can do about it. No matter what, if you put the cleanest drivers out there, I still think it'd be like this. Alright, um, now that we talked about just insane, they need a nickname, Turn 1, something just crazy. I don't even know, <laughs> they gotta come up with something funny. If, if they're gonna keep racing here, I think they should. So, now I want to talk about the wreck with Larson. So, obviously the hits have been just way harder this year. The drivers say it, NASCAR's the only one who says that the data shows otherwise, but... Kurt has a concussion. Dry. Bubba Wallace said, like, I think he said three of his hardest hits of his careers have came this year, just this year. So they're, they're, obviously it's 
proven just by injuries and other stuff that the cars are not as safe and that hit for Larson looked horrible especially because the car didn't crumple like Kyle Busch said that the cars aren't aren't crumpling like maybe last year's car the Xfinity series car so so I was I was watching the race and I, I would like text back and forth with people about the race what's going on and everything and I get a text and I look down and I'm not kidding I had to read it three times because I I didn't even I thought the person was joking this is what they said WTF was Larson thinking so <laughs> clearly Larson had a mechanical failure and didn't realize it until he went to hit the brakes and try to make the turn I said I think he lost his brakes they <laughs> said he should have never tried to make the corner I said he was, I think he was going 150 plus. I don't think he could really do anything else. They said he could have gone high and floated around the oval. Instead, he tried to bank the car off, bank off of Dylan's car. All right, so picture you're going down the highway. You have your foot to the floor. You're going, I don't know, 140, 150, and your exit comes up. It's a sharp exit. It's like a 45 degree angle. You have your hands on the steering wheel. There's a few cars in front of you, so you... You go a little inside to try to outbreak someone because he was kind of low when he did it. You, you're, you're, you're gonna step on the brakes to the point where, the when you step on the brake, it is at the perfect time where you're gonna slow down right when you need to make the turn. You're not gonna slow down 40 feet before the braking zone. You're gonna slow down in the braking zone. So if you miss by a second, then you're gonna overshoot the turn. So. You get into the turn, you hit the brakes, you're going 150. You hit the brakes and the brakes go straight to the floor. Do you honestly think that in the three seconds, no, the two seconds that it takes for you to get from where you are to smashing into the cars in front of you, you're gonna like be able to react and dive left and stay on the highway? It's impossible, I mean, you're going 150 miles an hour you expect you're going to be taking a right soon. You reach down to hit the brakes and there's nothing there. It's not only that, if you somehow decide that you're going to keep going straight, you're just going to completely hit a wall because the oval turns right there. So, I mean, Larson had no chance. He's going 150 miles. I, I'm sure, I'm not sure how fast it was exactly. I'll try to figure it out before the end. I finish recording this episode, but it's just i don't know i mean i just it was weird to me to see the car after no i saw the car and i figured he got into a big wreck nothing like crazy just because it was like one of those can opener wrecks where it kind of just rips all the sheet metal off and then i see the wreck and it's like one of the hardest hits of the year that you would think would just like shatter the cars like i would think if that crash happened last year the cars would like explode into like you know but i don't know that's the cars are definitely built differently which is causing the hits to be a lot different and obviously harder and then it seems like they're getting a lot hotter too drivers are getting hotter i mean aj dinger had a cool suit failure so it's a little different but Busher's car lit on fire and then I guess Logano's car lit on fire and he had to climb out of it He finished the race, but it did light on fire. I don't know if he was racing while it was on fire on the whole last lap, but I'm not sure what's happening if 
um i would think maybe the exhaust is i don't know maybe since it's a road course and we don't see it anywhere else something's getting pushed into a hot area and it's lighting it on fire i mean i think that would make sense especially because the body's like um whatever it's called it's of it's not like metal it's a lot more flammable so i think i'm sure we'll hear more about that but i don't know it's just the cars just they questioned it a year ago and i know it i think there was a rumor that one of the test dummies actually like died in one of the crash tests and i'm not saying that they would never put the car out if that was like that could happen now i'm not saying the car is that dangerous but if guys are getting concussions and just the cars aren't crunching like they used to and now they're lighting on fire just something's something's definitely a little off with the car just i don't know why we're starting to notice it more now but definitely feel big difference the JGR cars were a lot better. I was surprised at how well they qualified and ran all day. I mean, they were up there in the... I think they had a car in the top five for pretty much the majority of the race besides the end. Kyle Busch was okay. Christopher Bell led some laps, and he was definitely the best car. He qualified the best. And Adam Stevens had a great qual, a great um strategy, but they had... He flat-spotted a tire and then actually blew it out and it kind of destroyed his fender and that's what brought out the caution. He actually ended up finishing 12th behind his teammate, Kyle Busch, so really not that bad of a finish for that team. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven drivers not in the playoffs, finishing the top 10. That's a pretty wild stat. We do have one more road course to go, so it's Watkins Glen and it races a lot. Not better, but I mean for a road course it races a lot better, but it races a lot more cleaner and just the turns aren't set up for disaster like turn one is here. So uh, I don't think we'll see as much chaos, but we could see a new winner like maybe Chris Busher or someone McDowell, but It'll race a lot different. I do think the Robo will be crazy, though. All right, so now that we talked about the big things that happened in the race, it's time for the first surfence move of the race, some race takes, and then all show, no go. So the first surfence move of the race, I I think I want to give it to Tyler Reddick, just there at the end battling with Chastain. I mean, they were, if you compare the, their lines in that those last laps to to their like qualifying line it's completely different they were switching up their lines getting loose just dive bombing each other i mean they completely just were driving the cars to the edge and just beating the cars up so i love to see that that was they were just that was a checkers or wreckers battle and even though chastain wasn't supposed to be there they both thought that they were racing for the lead so it was still cool to see, and they were putting it all on the line. I think what won Reddick the race was just obviously overall having good track position, qualifying good, and just running up front all day. But he figured out on the restarts how to just break turn one to the point where he could clear the field and just get a little bit ahead, and no one could spin them off their front bumper. So 
he could just keep doing that, I really don't think he was going to get wrecked. And then, yeah, that's the only person that got close to him was Chastain, but he also took a shortcut. So, yeah, Chastain, or um, Reddick ran a really good race. As for all show, no go. Um, not really sure who to give it to. I hate to give it to Daniel. I don't really know how to say his name. Kvyat. Because he's an F1 driver and I just know how hard it is to be a small team. And they had issues like right from the start. So I kind of want to give it to him. Because there was kind of a lot of hype around it. But he just didn't do anything. But I think I'm going to give it to... It's hard because there's a lot of like cool cars, top running cars that finished way back. Like Byron, Bowman, Harvick, Larson... Austin Dillon, Daniel Suarez, Ross Chance, Stane, Blaney, but they, it's not like they ran bad. Um, they just had issues. I think I'm going to give it to Harvick, though, because he just, he he never really ran good at all, and he was supposed to wreck five guys, and he didn't do it. I mean, he, I give him credit. I think he got to Juan Bowman and took him out. I'm not positive what happened with that, but he just, I was kind of hoping to see him take out the other four because he said he wanted a list of all the five drivers that raced them how they did. Um, so yeah, Harvick's got all show no go, sadly. I think Harvick's going to win still this year. He's got a great shot next week at Michigan. and He could even get it done at Richmond, so I hope he does just because he's getting older. I want to see him in the playoffs. It's just It'll be tough for him, but I think he can do it. All right, now it's time for race picks where you guys get to send your takes in on the race and tell me what you think of it. So you can do this at anchor.fm slash first offense, or you can just go on my Instagram story and just make a comment there, and then I'll read it here. So the first one comes from Trevor's in Trouble on Instagram, and this one says, NASCAR lets Bubble Wallace cheat. Martinsville least year in the clear turn one cut so it's supposed to say Martinsville last year which I don't know what he's talking about but I tried to find when Bubble Wallace cut turn one and I couldn't find it I don't think they let Bubble Wallace cheat because he's lost his picker like 10 times this year because of loose wheels and stuff so they would have cut him way more slack for that and I think I'm not saying NASCAR doesn't not not that they have favorites, but I I'll say this about them: if they can if they have a controversial call in front of them, and their decision can be in favor of a controver- not a controversial driver, but maybe like a driver who is really popular, like Chase Elliott, then there I think there's going to be a better chance that they're going to cut the popular driver slack. So. I would say that it's not to the point where it like affects races, so I really, I mean, you could say last year when they called the caution for, um, or when they didn't call in Chase Elliott to clean up his car when he had his, I think it was like his rear bumper was just dangling at the Roval, they never called him for that, that kind of affected the end of the race, but half the field cut corners and I'm sure didn't get called, so... I don't think anyone's concerned that he that Bubble Walls didn't get called for that. I mean, they called Chastain, who I didn't even think they were gonna call, but that was he was racing for the lead and he advanced a lot of cars. I mean, I, I don't really 
I'm not, I don't know the whole thing, so I can't really say much on it, but I don't think they let Bubba Wallace cheat. I, um, I, at, at Coda, Larson and Elliot, there's videos of them jumping the curbing, and basically that's considered going off the race surface, and they never got penalized for that, so they miss calls all the time. It's just kind of how it goes again until it is a call that, impacts like a major race or just a race in general i'm not really worried about it all right the next the next race take is from garner.sent9 and he said chastain should have won so i mean chastain finished 28th so it's not even like he was in the running because he cut the course it was one of the funniest things i've ever seen and i don't know how he did it where he went from being four wide going into one to just (laughs) racing for the lead but he he gave reddick a good battle i still think reddick was the class of the field and the only person that might have had a shot at beating him was maybe like elliot maybe bell and i don't think blaney could have but it would have taken a, a big drive for you to get around him and no one was able to do it so i i think reddick he qualified on pole he's just really good on road courses i think he was a man to beat all day really Alright, another one. This one's from KB NASCAR fan 18. He said, I would not in the slightest be surprised to see Reddick with four to five wins by season's end. Yeah, that's he's a driver who hasn't won once coming into the season, but he's just been so good this year. He's led a ton of laps. He's won the last two road courses and there's two more. He can win another one of those. And he's really good at homestead which we go there in the round of eight and he'll have the opportunity to win at some of these ovals coming up too so yeah i think he's one of the best guys out there i don't think he i think on road courses he's definitely heated up a lot more but i never really knew how good he was at road courses until recently and i think if he can if i'm sure the lack of speed and performance definitely has a lot to do with it like gonna be tough for him to beat the Hendrick and JGR cars on ovals and that might be his weak point in the playoffs but if he was in top equipment he could go out there and outrun anyone for sure he'd at least put up a fight tough for RCR they picked up his contract signed him for next year but Denny Hamlin's getting him in 2024 so I wonder I think that the Toyota's at 2311 are going to perform a little bit better than what he's in right now obviously they're going to be getting jgr equipment and i think hamlin's going to make that team really good so who knows what he'll be able to do with that equipment that car under him i do think that the super teams are going to start pulling ahead a little more and that's gonna hurt um i mean i don't think it'll hurt 2311 because they're still going to be getting equipment from jgr but they're gonna be a step behind still so yeah reddick's a great driver he's he's become confident and probably deadly every week now all right the last race take of the podcast for this week is from john senti 32 he says mad dash in a turn one seven wide unbelievable i thought it was great yeah i know a lot of people are mad because I mean, I'm sure Elliott getting spun has a lot to do with it. Kyle Busch, Logano, some of the most popular drivers getting wrecked skews it where it makes more people mad. But I think 
that the race at the end for the lead kind of makes up for the chaos because there was still a great race for the lead and it was like classic racing it wasn't just complete nuts chaos reddick was the best car and the guys um like Sindrick ran good all day and even though chastain finished bad he ran good all day too even though he got into a wreck and spun out but i still think there was good racing going on so you had the chaos for the fans that love like insane restarts and wrecks and guys fighting but then you have a good race for the lead for the people that just love clean racing so yeah i agree i thought it was good i i still think we need to go on the oval here because it's indie but it was still entertaining all right now i want to talk about my race picks for um next week my race picks have been really good lately i did take larson for this race but I, I had a feeling the whole, it's weird, I had a dream that Sindrick was <laughs> was going to win, and I think he finished like third, he had a great shot at it, where, where'd he finish? He finished second, That's and I had a feeling that Reddick was going to be really good, and but I did end up picking Larson, I thought he was due, due for a win, he's had a tough season, he has speed, he just, he struggled a little, he's not as fast as he was last year, and he's had a lot of bad luck. But other than that, my race picks have been really good. I took I took John Hunter for um, Indy Raceway Park, and he was leading on the last lap, got used up and wrecked. He did wreck someone like two laps before, so, but, um, yeah, and then I took Dinger for the Xfinity race, and he won, so. Um, next week, it's just two races, Cup in Xfinity at Michigan. These are this is kind of a tough pick. This track's very unique, and I'm not really sure who to take. I think it's got to be a JGR. I mean, a um, Junior Motorsports car. I don't think JGR can keep up with them on intermediates right now. I mean, Ty Gibbs gave Noah a running a run for his money at Pocono, but he still got it done. So. For, I'll just go with my cup pick first, and for my cup pick, I think drivers who are going to be good are the JGR cars, of course, because they're just really good on these style tracks, but if there's going to be a draft, it might just be an all-track position race, and speed might not factor into it too much, and just um, who's ever up there and whoever makes a race late race move and gets the lead. I think I'm going to go with... Kyle Busch and I think for my secondary pick I'm gonna take I want to take Kyle Larson because he's so good here but he just seems to be a step behind Elliot's teammate for secondary pick I think I'm gonna go with William Byron he's had a ton of bad luck lately but he ran good last year here and I think he could turn around his summer slump so for the Xfinity Series race, I'm going to go with, I don't think Al Geyer's going to get it done. I think I'm going to go with Josh Berry. He's he's a short track guy, so he doesn't get the air as much as some of these stock car racers, but I do think he's going to win. I mean, he's won on plenty of ovals, but I think I'm going to go with Josh Berry and obviously get Ty will be up there and Noah and then maybe Almondinger. So there's my race picks for next week. I think that's everything for the episode. 
it was a pretty filled episode there was a the indie races were pretty wild um yeah i mean i don't i'm i'm sure every single driver is mad at every single other driver so i don't even think you can carry this over and retaliate because i mean i think someone's got to take out logano for what he did he wrecked like 10 people but other than that i just think everyone was going for every inch they could get and that's just that's what that turn creates i think i think we need a race like this once a year not six times a year like we don't need 20 super speedways and 20 nuts road courses and i think they've gotten some races that are more entertaining but i don't think they should go overkill so i do think we should go on the oval though it's indie we gotta go on the oval so maybe we should have two races here i don't know i think we could lose a kansas date a texas date i don't think we need to be going to the chicago street course and the la Cup. i mean i think we need to be going there but i don't think we need the schedule to be uh, we need we need regular road courses regular intermediates regular um short tracks to make up the majority of the schedule and then we need an atlanta super speedway uh a crazy road course like what we just saw um and then like a quarter mile in the bush clash and then like a street course for an exhibition race or just a mid-season race to branch out but I don't want them to go overkill and create a ton of races like what we saw today because it's fun to watch once but you don't want to see your driver just get wrecked when he's running good or whatever so yeah that's my take on the indie road course I think it was better than last year I don't know the the curbing just coming up last year and making those crazy wrecks made it worse but people still love that so they're definitely going to keep it on the road course for at least another year but who knows what will happen with the oval maybe we'll race on it anyways i'm sure the schedule will be coming out soon all right so i think that's going to do it follow me on all my other socials at first surfence let me know what you guys thought of the race and come back next Sunday after Michigan. I think Michigan could be a great race with the package. They, I don't know how fast they're going to go. I hope they fly and the air, dirty air is not too much of a factor and they can run multiple groups. But we'll see. We'll have to wait and find out. And yeah. All right, guys. Hope you guys like this. And yeah, see you next Sunday.